Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast it's joe marino and kyle krabs we are your host chris schubert's here floating around producing this thing we're from the draft network and we're brought to you by bet online your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season you will always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends over at bet online and they are of course your continued source for all sports wagering information that also features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. They've got all the sports, so head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. It's Bet Online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy International Tea Day to you. T, like yeah. T-E-A, or the yeah, letter T? No, no, the, 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 the herb. Oh. The beverage? Yeah. Do you identify it as, is tea identified as an herb or a beverage? <laughs> uh, it's isn't an it herb tea, that can be. Is it a tea leaf? Is it a I tea don't... leaf? Oh, God. The farmers are going to be back at us. Uh, That's fine. It is, boil... it's fresh leaves. It's leaves. It's not okay. an herb. I, yeah. All right. Tea is a, okay. a leaf. I'm I'm glad we started with food because I heard something from somebody on Instagram and I wanted to ask you the question before we get started into football today. Okay? Okay. What well, how would you define a hot dog? Not is it a sandwich? I'm not asking if it's a sandwich. Like the actual glizzy, if you will. You're talking about the makeup of the meat. Yeah, well, yeah, like what how would you describe a hot dog? What is it? Chris is beside himself already, but I would describe no, you guys do whatever you want. You, you guys know in the pre-show what I'm dealing with over here right now. So you guys do whatever you want right. at the beginning of the show. Okay. Okay. Listen. A Careful hot dog. What you wish for. A hot dog is the leftover stuff of the animals and you eat it and it's delicious. Right. So it's, it's meat. You could debate whether it's valid meat or garbage meat or leftover. Meat I said leftover stuff. All right. Right. For a reason. Right. It's meat inside like an animal casing. Right? Like that's it's a hot dog. Yeah. So riddle me this. Have you considered that when you eat a hot dog, you yourself become a hot dog? No. Because you eat the hot dog and then the hot dog becomes the meat, and you as the body become the animal casing that the meat is inside of, just like a hot dog. Good Lord. Uh, no, I've never thought of that, but now I have. And Will you ever the last view hot time. dogs the same? So no. next time you eat a hot dog, just remember you are turning yourself into a hot dog. Okay. I'm still going to eat them. You know? <laughs> I don't like them. Glizzy Gobbler Joe Marino. <laughs> you eat hot dogs? I'm not, I don't think I've ever seen you eat a hot dog. Um, yeah, I get like the the light ones. The light ones? The, the fat... I don't say like the 98, 3% fat free ones or whatever. They're pretty good. I get down with hot dogs. All right. Put it on a potato roll with some ketchup and mustard. Oh, potato rolls for the win, brother. If you're not having oh. potato rolls, you're not living. You're not living. You can go ahead and unsubscribe to the podcast. Right. If you don't like get potato out of here. rolls. We All don't the way out. Anyway. Potato <laughs> rolls are so good, man. So good. Uh, Chris, are we, can we talk football? You, are we good here? You guys can do whatever you want. It's your show. That's okay. going to be his out this entire time. Jeez, man. Like, we have fun stuff to get into. Situation. The weekly watch list. We got to do We're the gonna... watch list. Chris is going to have to mediate. The situation I was telling you in the pre-show has somehow gotten worse. Well, I'm very... Between you and the good Lord. Very I'm sorry afraid. to hear that. Um, all right, Kyle. Well, the, the, NFL, the NFL is going to be a big deal this week. We got 
a Thursday night game, obviously. We've got a, a three games, a three standalone games on Saturday. We got a Sunday slate. Uh, it's the last four of the, of the year. So we got a huge week in the NFL. And, and that does start Thursday night, 49ers and Seahawks. Um, you know, Brock Purdy, you know, the NFL MVP, does he continue his campaign? Does the wheels fall off this week against Seattle? Does Seattle bounce back against Carolina for after the loss against Carolina? The kind of a, a, a congested situation there for the wild card. You know, I think this is a, a fun week and it gets started tonight with a big one. Seattle better be careful, man. They're teetering. They've got some tough games to close. They still got to play Kansas City. Like they they can ill afford in a congested NFC wildcard race, but um, yeah, kind of each one of the primetime games until Monday night is a high stakes game, right? I mean, you, you think about for the Seahawks, the the 49ers effectively, I, I don't know if it's exactly a clinching scenario, but they have a chance to put Seattle all the way down and, and effectively wrap up the NFC West. Uh, the same case for the Bills, having a chance to to close up the AFC East and move, they would move, what, three games ahead of the Dolphins in the standings with a win. Uh, for Miami, that, that's kind of Custard's last stand for the AFC East title hopes this season. They would have to run the table and have Bills lose at least one other game. Uh, and then the Monday or the Sunday night football game, you have Giants commanders and they tied last time and and they're right there tied for that last playoff spot. And this one's in Washington after they they tied in New York and the Giants emits their skid and the commanders are red hot. Uh, I'm going to pretend like Rams Packers doesn't exist. The only thing I'm fa- thankful for there is the Packers have a short week going into Miami in week 16. Oh, so we're blessed for that. Nice that the schedule makers could do us one favor in December. And uh, it's um, it's a really fun slate, and I love the fact that we get two full days on Saturday and Sunday of NFL football because NFL football greater sign. Oh yeah, college Mike football, Mike as as Mike White folded in half sign. Oh yeah, good yeah. call, Joe. Yeah. Uh, no, I still hey, I stole that I think from uh, Marcel Louis Jacques, who said they turned him into a greater than sign. That's that's not on me. Uh, they did since- fold him in half like a lawn chair. Since Chris Schubert is literally just floating around, let me uh, handle the mid-major game of the week. Uh, Cardinals-Broncos. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) That's outstanding. (laughs) Colt McCoy against Brett Rippon, probably, right? I guess it's the the potential quarterback matchup here. All right. Chris? Chris, do you get it? Do you get it? First of all, first of all, how dare you disrespect Mike F. and White like that? Second of all, he didn't do it, though. He just borrowed it. We all else. know the mid-major game of the week is at 1 o'clock Eastern time tomorrow when UTSA takes on Troy in the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl. Get out of here, Joseph. Well, Which is a good reminder. I'm wrong, but we need to, yeah, we need to get our bowl picks in because... Draft Dudes Bowl Game Pick'em Challenge, courtesy of our friends over at Run Your Pools. So play.runyourpool.com backslash the-draft-dudes. I got it right the first time. Go over there, sign up, compete with the dudes. And oh, by the way, if you win after picking all of the games, if you win at when we're done counting them all, $1,000. How you doing? Can can you c- clarify something for me, Chris? I can absolutely attempt to clarify so something for you. So if that means that we win, then but nobody not, gets the money? No, no, no. So, so if you if you win... Right, so you win, which you won't because you suck at this. But if you win, and like it would just—I think it would just go to the next person. I think. Well, that's. Uh, can you clarify something for me? I absolutely I, can. This no, is what would happen. No, I no, think. No no, 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 that's not. Those are not my words. Somebody play it back. I said I absolutely will attempt to clarify something for you. That's what I said, and I absolutely attempted. So I, I just don't want to have that on my conscience. So, so if then, I need to be Robin Hood and throw throw my bowl picks, I'll be Robin Hood and throw my bowl picks so I make sure we get a winner. But just know you're also going to have to beat everybody else that enters into the run your pools, right. not I mean, just I us. mean, we've, we, there are already people in there, by the way. They've already made their picks. Got a lot of picks. Chris, if you could just send me 4,000 reminders to do mine. Joe, it takes 60 seconds, dude. Just make your picks. I'll try. No, that's not how this works. Joe, do you would you like to schedule a meeting tonight? Or at some point, 
to sit down and go through the bowl picks together and effectively do a bonus draft. Maybe that could be like a TDM premium only draft dudes podcast that comes out like after the deadline or something like that. And Joe's like, no, I don't want to do any extra content. No, thank you. That's fine. I work hard enough as it is, but I'm just spitballing here. We're spitballing live on the show. I have my people talk to your people. Okay. Chris, uh, you have Joe's people's information, correct? Because you're my I people. do. I do. Joe, is your people also Chris? Yeah. Okay. All right. So our I'll, people I'll, will talk I'll, to each I'll other. I'll work it out. Yeah, I'll work it out. Great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's Saturday, Colts, Vikings. Uh, Vikings are going to win. Ravens and Browns is interesting, Kyle. Um, Ravens on probably on third string quarterback. Yeah. And Anthony Brown. Browns are probably going to win, man. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun Watson was still not good, but he was better than he was against yeah. Houston last week or right. the week prior. So right. you have to figure they'll continue to get their footing. They'll be able to run the ball and have some success running the ball. Um, it's in Cleveland. Yeah, I, I think I like the Browns to win that game, if I'm being honest. I do too. Um, are we going to try the thing with the Draft Dudes Underdog Moneyline Parlay of the Week? Or are we, we, are, we are. going to try the we... breakthrough? Can we go through all the games first before we do that? Is that is that allowed? So you just want to establish who where the lines favor all the teams? Well, are we done? Are we done doing the thing where we do the weekly watch list and we're moving on to the draft dudes underdog money line parlay of the week? Is that where we're at? Yes. Okay. Well, then yeah, I yeah because have I want one. to save a lot of time for our other exercise. Oh no, the one I wanted isn't a thing. Okay, so here are the underdogs of Week 15. The Seattle Seahawks at home are plus 160. The Indianapolis Colts on the road in Minnesota are plus 175. Uh, The Baltimore Ravens in Cleveland are plus 127. Uh, The Miami Dolphins are plus 280 in Buffalo. Uh, Joe wanted, or Chris, did you want the Jets? Is that what you wanted? I did. I did. I wanted the Jets. I, 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 I propose that we stop picking our own favorite teams for the Draft Dudes Underdog Moneyline Parlay of the Week. It doesn't Because it has, I don't think we've gotten one every time we've picked our own teams. And Joe wouldn't know back, anything about I, that life. I have a backup. <laughs> no, let's keep it up there. <laughs> I say we keep I it on the backup. <laughs> uh, the Atlanta Falcons in New Orleans are plus 175. The Houston Texans are plus 580 at home against the Chiefs. The Chicago Bears are plus 320 against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Pittsburgh Steelers are plus 127 in Carolina. The Jacksonville Jaguars are plus 175 at home against Dallas. The Arizona Cardinals are plus 130 against the Denver Broncos. The Raiders Patriots does not have a money line underdog. They're both negative. Uh, The Titans, wow. The Titans are plus 130 against the Chargers. I know the Dolphins decided, no, we're not going to do the thing that the Chargers can't stop all year. But I haven't forgotten that coming into last week, the Chargers were averaging like 180 yards rushing allowed over the last 10 weeks. And the only thing the Titans can really do is run the ball. That's one I think we we need somebody to jump on. Uh, the Bucks at home are plus 170 against the Bengals. Uh, the Giants are plus 180 in Washington against the Commanders. And the LA Rams are plus 250 in Green Bay against the Packers. I have my pick. So do I, and I don't think there's many options, and this is going to suck. Well, yeah, Joe, I go first? first. Yeah. Okay, I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks tonight. Oh, wow. Is that yours? You are. Yeah, yeah I think that um, – I think they're in a spot where they got to have one. Brock Purdy's the quarterback of the 49ers for whatever that means. I think Seattle has enough firepower short week in Seattle – to get a win so we'll find this. out real quick if the parlay is gonna yeah, hit i was gonna say we're gonna know ver- friday morning we are gonna know whether or not it worked or not i want to take pittsburgh plus 127 oh, against carolina thank goodness i don't have any <laughs> compelling reason i just the the carolina quote-unquote controlling their own destiny in the nfc south is is just a storyline that is too good to be true and they've played some nice football games, and they have some nice talent. But uh, give me the Steelers plus 127 on the road against Carolina. What is my nickname here on the show, gentlemen? Mid-Major Chris. And there's a quarterback playing this week 
that is the pride of the mid-majors. He's making his National Football League debut for a team that is going to rally around him because they are in the midst of a playoff race in the NFC South. Give me Desmond Ritter and the Atlanta Falcons plus 175 over the bad New Orleans Saints on the road. Give it to me. That one's going to pop. Man, what's Andy Dalton is playing pretty well this year. You know who's not playing pretty well this year? The New Orleans Saints. And give me, I man, <laughs> the, the Saints at home, man. I don't, I don't blame I agree, you. None, I none agree. of these are Saints great at home picks. versus a player on the first first start. I'd take the Saints. Desmond but. Ritter going to meet the moment here. We'll see. Uh, these are the longest thoughts we've had on a, a draft dues underdog money line. Oh, part, good. Right? This will probably be the one oh. that hits then the week of the of the season is remember when chris came at me last guess. week and blamed me for getting it wrong the week after that i was the only one get that got it right uh plus what are you talking about i got i got i picked the ravens over the steelers this past week get out of here i was the only one that picked a, a winner i Top know but that's Cardinals. you gave me crap about being wrong when i was right. the only guy and that then, got it right the week before right, and I, get and him joe backed, and then i backed it up by being the only guy who got one right get out of here joe I'm not, I'm get not it chris to uh, plus fifteen, plus fifteen twenty three. I figure the odds. On this oh man! So if you put ten Every, bucks on that, you what? Do you, what if it hits? What do you get? If you one, put ten bucks down, you win one hundred and fifty two. Draft dudes, do math. You just move the decimal place over one just spot. Move the decimal point. We'll see what happens. There you go, draft dudes. I, <laughs> I might, sl- I might slap twenty on that. Wow! This will be the week it hits. Watch. Uh big boards. I'm very excited for this. And boy, do we have a big board for you this week. We are going to literally do the thing. Well, no, we're we're just doing 10, right? Everybody has 10. Oh, it was only, it was 10? Yeah, it's 10. I went to 32. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I only went to 10. Oh, man. I was like, you did a little extra work here for no reason. So, Kyle, you want to set this up? This is your baby. This is your idea. Yes. The question was... If you were starting a team, say you were the general manager, you were starting a team from scratch, and before you picked the head coach, you had to pick a quarterback from the NFL, what would your big board look like? You put all the players and you removed and stripped away all of their supporting cast and coaching staffs and environmental factors, and you just had the player in a vacuum. How would you choose to covet the talents across the NFL and why? And the thought process here, there's there's two different schools of thoughts that you and I have a blend of both. And the guys at the top of my list are the ones I find are answer to one of the two schools of thought. And then the names in the second half are players that fit the second school of thought. You can choose to have the most foolproof, hedge proof talents, the players that you think are scheme transcendent, that no matter what you put around them, they're going to have success. And then beyond that group, you can have the quarterbacks who have a unique set of skills, aka system quarterbacks. Everybody uses that as an insult, but it's not because 90% of the quarterbacks in the NFL probably higher than 90% are system quarterbacks. They have their own unique strengths and weaknesses. How would you choose to covet those strengths, those weaknesses? Which one would you want to try to RPG your way, role-playing game, your way through to build a winning offense and environment around a player with unique skills as compared to the foolproof players? And that is the journey that we are about to embark on. I have a very important question. We have not seen each other's lists. How much crossover we do we have? Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. How how many different quarterbacks are are listed here? There's we have ten each. Do we get to fifteen? I, I think there's a good chance that we have at least six similar names across the three of us. Hundred percent chance, maybe more. I so, across all three lists. Yes, so that would mean that would six give us is four probably sp- the conservatively safe number. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe maybe 15 different names. 15 feels a little strong, though. It feels a little high. Do we want to go 1 to 10 this time or 10 to 1? 
Oh, one to ten might be fun. Because it's going to be a little chalky, I think, towards the top. Yeah, so I think we get the chalk out of the way, and then we get to the, the fun? Sure. We can okay. do that. I, right, I just made a late change to mine, by the way. Wow. Oh, wow. Late, oh my goodness. I just made a late change to mine. You were, you were at the ballot box filling out your ballot, and you said, nope, going to change to another person. Wow. Insane. Uh, number one's Patrick Mahomes. We can all just agree and just move on with our lives. I mean, Brock Purdy. Yes. Mike White. No, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes is, is number one. No questions asked. You know what's crazy about Pat is it doesn't matter who's around him. Like he's telling us that this year. Right. Had this Nicole is the year Hardman. that we're, we're definitively Tyreek ain't there. Answer. I mean, there's he's throwing for three bills, and he's got like Jalen Watson and Sky Moore who caught like four passes in his career. I mean, it doesn't matter who's out there. This guy is just such a playmaker and meets moments. He's a he's awesome. I am officially in the Patrick Mahomes as the NFL MVP this year. Bucket. I understand I Jalen Hurts has had a phenomenal season, but we talked about the storyline ahead of time. Well, Pat's going to have it baked in that he's without Tyreek, but they are, as you said, they they've endured a lot of shifting targets that he's been throwing to, and like the running game elements have changed yeah. with the change from Clyde Edwards Hilaire midseason. Rookies everywhere, young players. And casually, we are just averaging 320 passing yards a game, 33 touchdowns, highest touchdown percentage in the NFL was 6.5% of attempts. His adjusted net yards per attempt is 8.78 this season, which accounts for sacks and throwaways and all that spikes Monster. and all that. It's just f- phenomenal production. Pat, okay. number one. Number two. I expect we'll be chalk here as well. I don't know. We'll see. I have Josh Allen, so that if Kyle thinks it's going to be chalk, then I would assume he also does. I also have Josh Allen number two. Make it a three-peat. I also have Josh chalk. Allen number two. Chalk. Joe, would you like to sing your, your guys' praises here or what? I mean, Josh is awesome. <laughs> He's a great player. I mean, um, had a lot of success. He, he, there's so many intangibles that he brings to the table. Obviously, the skill set speaks for itself, but what he means as a leader and how he's endeared himself to the Buffalo community, um, he's everything that you'd want in the face of a franchise. And so I think he's a firm, too. I don't think he's close to Pat. I'd like to distinguish that. I think with Josh kind of having to – with his weapons, right? Cole Beasley's back, but he's not really been back all year. But having Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie and Dawson Knox all step up the ladder, that hasn't been as seamless for Patrick Mahomes, who's had a more significant loss than Tyreek Hill, and everything moves up the ladder. Then he loses Michael Hardman, and he's still unbelievably productive. Um, I well, think I don't I, think I don't think we should dismiss that the Bills had an offensive coordinator change, and that's not to say Ken Dorsey's not a fine offensive play caller and is not going to be like a head coaching candidate in the very near future, but like. They had the same OC for his first four seasons in the NFL, no? They did, I, and I thought that you kind of got ahead some of that, tra- got ahead of some of that transition by going with Josh's pick, his quarterbacks coach for the previous three seasons, and Ken Dorsey to be the OC. But I think, I think that uh, where I would buy into what you're saying is that I think that Andy Reid does make it easier for Pat than yeah. Ken Dorsey does for Josh. I think that's not debatable. But and that's the challenge of this exercise is you're removing. Yeah, that Ken Dorsey and, and Andy Reid, and it's it's literally just the talent in a vacuum. Right. It's and Josh isn't having a bad year. Can we, can we let's like I'm pretty sure he leads the, the NFL in touchdowns and yards, like total like total. So I he's he's a good player. He's doing fine, but it's it just looks a little bit different this year. Uh we go to number three. Yep. What would we like this one was easy for me too, but oh, I don't know. this one was easy for me as well. I think we're chalk here. <sighs> I don't know. I this was no easy, pressure, I Chris. Know, I don't know if we have the but, same name. I put this does guy he here. Share no a first name with somebody else in this podcast. Yes, he, he does. Okay, well, chalk. Joe Let's Burrow. Go. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Let's number go. three on the list. So what it is for Joe for me is you saw him win 
at LSU with all the five man protections. And that worked because Joe had this elite pre-snap processing and anticipation. And then he pairs that with this gritty fearlessness as a player. He pairs that with the willingness and the accuracy to throw guys open. He has anticipation. He is a big play passer, but he's also selective on staying on schedule as well. He takes a lot of sacks, but Joe voluntarily takes a lot of sacks because he takes sacks on third downs in not scoring position because he wants to get the first down, right? And in his mind, me trying to make something happen has a greater sign or a Mike White sign of happening than (laughs) checking the ball underneath and letting somebody do something 10 yards short of the sticks. So... For me, it's it's Joe Burrow's cerebralness, it's his intangibles, it's his pre-snap anticipation that really sets him apart and put him in a position to be the number three name on this list because he doesn't have the physical tools that Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen have, right? Those guys, I think, are the ones that you could probably put in the universal bucket because they are the elite of the elite from a physical perspective and from a mental perspective. I think Joe's elite from a mental perspective, and because of that, he was the next guy up on the list for me. Might be the most accurate of the three quarterbacks, too, that we've got to. <sighs> Man, probably. We yeah, move to number no four. Worse than two. Yep, four. Number four. I think this is chalk as well, boys. Do you? Do you? I think so. Go ahead, Chris. No, no, no. Break I don't my heart. I don't, break my nope. heart. I, I, I can't be me. It can't be me. I don't want to do it. I don't want to be the guy. Well, okay, fine. You're gonna be the guy whether you go first or, or right. second or third. But I'd rather I somebody ju- else go. I have Justin Herbert fourth. I have Justin Herbert fourth. So do I, boys. It's chalk. chalk. Four for four. Justin chalk. Herbert. Things you love to see. Who who would like to talk about Justin Herbert? I just did the the soapbox for Joe. So who would like to talk about Justin? Go ahead, Joe. Uh, Justin Herbert's the like physically right there with Pat and Josh. Um, what he's accomplished so far in the NFL is unbelievable, right? I mean, just a, an unbelievable pace that he's on. And I, I think where I really respect what he's accomplished is that I don't know that he's had great coaching. I don't know that the scheme has played well into his strengths. I don't know that the offensive line has been consistent. There's been injuries, right? He's, he's had new pieces around him. Hunter Henry was a big deal for him as a rookie. They haven't replaced that. Um, I know that he his team success hasn't been there, but I I just I don't know how much of that you could put on Justin. Um, I think any anybody would love to to have this guy as their building block for their organization and trust that you can get it right around him to have a lot of success. Isn't it wild that we had the level of debate that we did before the draft about Justin and then he comes into the league and he does what he does his first two years and then at like the midpoint of this season and the Chargers are like sub 500 and we have the same exact debate again about if Justin Herbert's any good or not. Like not extrapolating context from the situation to understand what is and is not controllable for Justin. Now he doesn't, I think he probably has the worst instinctual feel of any of the four names on the board, and that's why he's fourth for me. Mm-hmm. But as you said, Joe, from a physical skill set perspective, he's the he's the top shelf. He's the S tier, right? Like he's he's got everything physically you could want as a four six athlete with an absolute can for an arm that can access all levels of the field off platform, whether he's run into his left or his right. But the three guys above him. I think have a firm advantage in the instinctual and the intrinsic feel of the game, the feel of pressure. And that is the separation. But if, if we were to separate these out into tiers, we'd have tier one would be Pat and Josh and tier two would be Joe and Justin. And then tier three for me begins at number five. I'd agree with that. 
Now, the chalk goes away here, boys. The chalk is gone. Yeah, there, I guarantee no you more, we're not there chalk There is anymore. no more chalk in the classroom. It's been taken away. Okay. Number five. I am not going first this time. I don't want to be first. that guy. I'll I don't want to be that guy. I'll do it here. I'll, I'll rip the Band-Aid off. I've picked a guy who's made great strides this year passing the football, and you add that with his ability to run the football, this dude deserves some love. Jalen Hurts, number five for me on my list. Number five for me is Trevor Lawrence. Number five for me is one of the two names that has been previously mentioned in this spot. It's definitely not mine. He's with Joe on this one. It is Jalen Hurts. Oh, Kyle, let's go! Things you love to see. think alike, Chris. You talk about the improvement. And this was the first one for me that is of ideology number two. Right. You you talk about the first four names and it was who are your most hedge proof talents that you feel like you can put them in any situation as evidenced by the production that Justin Herbert has had in a non ideal environment with non ideal coaching and not a lot of help defensively. And had tons of success. Jalen Hurts is the first player on this list that is a skill set specific player that you have to make a conscious effort on how you want to build your team. But the Eagles have done it, and what they have successfully done is provided an environment for the best parts of Jalen Hurts as an athlete and a quarterback to shine while simultaneously allowing him from an intangibles perspective to assume the role as a leader on this team. And they are very much reaping the benefits of it with his completion percentage being up 7% this year versus last year. His passer rating is up 21% this year versus last year. His adjusted net yards per attempt has gone up a yard and a half this year versus the previous year. Just immense, immense growth. But it's not just because of Jalen, but Jalen is now becoming a balanced player as a passer and an athlete and a runner. And because of that balance and the elite physical tools and the intangibles, you feel like he can win inside a structure, he can win outside a structure. That, for me, is the selling point. Put him at number five. So I have Trevor Lawrence at number five, and and I want to go ahead and get ahead of myself here. Number six for me is Jalen Hurts. So well, Trevor Lawrence like... is six for me. So okay, and Chris, Chris keep quiet. Up. Yeah, Chris, keep yeah. quiet. <laughs> so is Trevor Lawrence on your list at all? He is. Okay, okay. say less. <clears throat> He's on the list. Okay, cool. So what, what's interesting, Kyle, is my my thought process in putting Lawrence ahead of Hurts leaned more into my belief that he's a hedge proof player. More likely to be a hedge-proof pr- okay. player, yeah. Okay. So I know if, hey, if I can have that offensive line and those weapons, I can get what Jalen Hurts is delivering right now. I worry a little bit about how much he needs that. And I think with the way he's produced without Dallas Godert says a lot to me and gives me a lot of confidence. But I think at the end of the day, I just there's a, there's a more polished player in Trevor – in terms of the way I felt about them coming out of college. And I like the path that Trevor's on. I, he's been really good of late. And I feel like he's a more hedge-proof player. Yeah, that's exactly it. I, I mean, in I think I think that Trevor is a very good runner. I think there's a, a weaponization of his legs that I think will continue to make him really, really good um, and, and really a, a multifaceted quarterback. Um but it's it it's not like I I stand here with great convictions and saying Lawrence is emphatically five and Hurts is six. I could be convinced of either way, but because I think he's a little bit more of a hedge proof player, I went in that order. Yeah, and, and for me, it was the fact that we've we've seen it all season in year three from Jalen, right? Mm-hmm. Like I agree with what you're saying. Trevor Lawrence has the ability. I think his his ceiling as a passer is higher than Jalen's, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact that we have seen the ceiling yep. for Jalen in his ideal environment gave me the peace of mind. And it, it's an, it, it's going to be an ambitious task for us as the proverbial GMs in this situation to successfully go out and build the ideal environment and replicate the kind of environment that Jalen Hurts has right now. But having seen it this year versus we've really only seen Trevor Lawrence fulfill his potential for the last month and a half, maybe? Right. 
as far as like he he's really turned it on. He had a couple sure. of games as a rookie. Yeah, that's but, fair. You know, it, it's really been like the last. Yeah. yeah. So seeing definitively in year three, the kind of player that Jalen Hurts is capable of being gave me the sense that. Yes, there's more work for the personnel people to do to get it right around the Jalen Hurts than Trevor Lawrence, but the ceiling is every bit as comparable, and this is like a guy who has right now a strong MVP resume mm-hmm. with an environment around him. So having that peace of mind, I say, okay, yes, this is a guy I want to buy into. So that's why Hurts versus Lawrence, that was five and six for me. Uh, so you guys six, have- Chris, yeah. So you guys have shared five and six. Uh, I have to share my six. Controversial pick here at number six. Derek Mac to- Jones. There was Mike a White. there was there was a phrase that was used by Kyle, right? Hedge proof, right? You want to pick a player that's hedge proof. Well, I don't know what's more hedge proof than a guy who's gone through all the coaching changes that this man has gone through, that has gone through all Derek of Carr. the roster turnover that this man has gone through. He picked the Derek lack Carr. of support this man has gone through in his career. Your gosh darn right, number six is Derek Carr. Put some respect on his name. You want to talk about a guy you build a franchise around. He's 31 years old. Guy's been through everything. You want to talk about hedge proof. Dude's been through it all. Coaching changes, roster changes, doesn't have talent, defense doesn't help him out, gets no support, all of it. So you know what? I did a little bit of a tear break there. Those top five guys I I view a little differently. So we put Derek Carr at number six. Joe, I would be willing to wager be willing to wager Derek Carr is not even on your list of top ten. Oh yeah, it wasn't wasn't in my short list either. I got the I had twelve in consideration for ten and and Derek Carr wasn't one of them. Disrespectful. He also was not on my list of 10. So, Chris, you are on an island. It's fine. I, I'll be on this island for forever. Car. I will continue the, the brand. Uh, we move to number seven. My number seven is Trevor Lawrence. So you can just... Everything <laughs> you guys said about Trevor applies for me at number seven. Okay. Joe, I have a question. Yep. About your number seven player. Yeah. Is it a player that's been drafted in the last three years? No. Oh. Then we have a different number seven. Joe, I, sw- I swear... I swear, if it's who I think it is, and you don't have Derek Carr on the list, but you have this guy on the list, we're not friends anymore. Yeah, so this is going to be bad because I have Dak Prescott. Number You're seven. out of your mind. You've you've just lost the plot. Unbelievable. Number seven for me <laughs> was Justin Fields. I am putting a lot of faith in my pre-draft evaluation of Justin Fields. He was in the same class as Trevor Lawrence, who I had at six. I had Fields shortly behind Trevor Lawrence. And I'm reflecting that and trying to keep congruency there with how I rank the two here and now. Uh, Fields has no help. He has zero help. And he is threatening to set some NFL records uh, along the way this season. And I am very excited about the growth and the opportunity to try to replicate what the Eagles have successfully done with Jalen Hurts, I think you could do with Justin Fields and get a more dynamic player in Justin Fields. So because of the athletic tools and skill set, my belief based off the player that was at Ohio State versus what we're seeing in an environment with zero help in the NFL, Justin Fields for me was the guy who comes in at number seven to keep congruency with how I coveted him and Trevor Lawrence amidst their transition to the NFL. That is, that is very much a ideology number two selection for me. That's a guy you have to really build out a specific supporting cast and coaching staff to support him and enable him. But guy you want to, but I want to do it, but I want to do it. Is this on me to talk about Dak? Is that, I mean, you can say I have one on the seven attention, but. I mean, he's an accomplished football player that's been a high-level quarterback for a number of years with, you know, I think um, not necessarily the best roster construction around him. Obviously, there's been a lot of questions about the coaching that he's received to this point. I'm mean, Kellen Moore's pretty solid, but I don't think people love Jason Garrett and, you know, Mike Mark- McCarthy's influence there for whatever you want to make it. But this guy consistently is productive. He wins a lot of football games. And... um I, I feel like there's a lot of I, there's a lot of uh, safety in knowing what I, I'm getting. I, I feel good about that. So uh, Dak at seven um, because I think he's accomplished a lot and can continue to accomplish a lot. 
Dak Prescott is number eight for me. And number eight for me is Justin Fields. Justin Fields, okay. number eight for me as well. Okay. So we're back. We're back in the swing of things. Joe and I just had five and six flip-flopped and seven and eight flip-flopped. Yep. And Dak kind of falls for me on the kind of hedge proof, just a lower ceiling. Right? Like sure. you you can put the passing game on Dak. You can have a supporting cast and, and run the ball and compliment Dak and have success either way. So with that in mind, that that was kind of the school of thought here. Uh, whereas the two rookie or the two the two second year players in Lawrence and Fields were more about building specific stuff out around them. Dak was kind of a he's a B level, B tier quarterback in the NFL in general, uh, but he's still relatively young. He can win with his legs. He's shown the ability to be the guy based on his maturation and evolution as a player versus when he first came into the league. The, the one thing I'll say about Justin Fields and um, I guess where I would disagree with you slightly, and I don't, I don't necessarily want to make it bigger than you made it, but I, I have a little bit more confidence. I feel in fields, not necessarily being one of those guys that I have to tailor everything a specific way. And that stems from physically. I think he's capable of it all. And I, one of my favorite things about him at Ohio state was I thought he was an extremely accurate quarterback to all levels of the field. And so I have a little bit more confidence despite him being a, sl- a little bit lower on my board in that he isn't that dependent, if that makes sense. Okay, that's fair. But I know he has to prove it. So I get, I get where you're coming from. But I think he can do anything I want him to do at quarterback. I think, I think he's, he, the play, he's the physically open. capable of doing yeah. anything you could ask any NFL quarterback of doing. Right, right. And Chris, your number... Eight was Eight. Justin, Justin J. Fields. Was there anything you'd like to add on Justin Fields, whose middle name I'm pretty sure is not a J, but they're yeah, just so, doing the bit. So my thing with Justin is kind of what you said about Jalen Hurts, and Justin also has shown this year a step in the right direction when it comes to the arm strength. Um, but for me, the reason why I put him a little bit lower, not in the Jalen Hurts bucket, is just like it's only year two. I don't know what it looks like if we move him out of the system. We probably have to do a little bit more to help him. And so it's just I, I knocked him a little bit in that regard. But yes, I want to I want to build around Justin Fields. I'm interested. Justin so, so far, Skyler Fields, by the way. Justin what? Skyler. Skyler Fields. So it's Justin S. Fields. Yes. Okay. So so far, we have seven universally seven common quarterbacks in the top eight spots. So we're we've Correct. already beaten the projections. Correct. I hate my next two. Hate them. Yeah, me too. Hate hate that these two guys are on the list because it's just very boomer bust with both of these players. I want to be transparent. My last, my last on the fly maneuver was moving two names up a spot. Or no, that's not true. Yeah, drafters do math. Two names up, two names up a spot, and I took a player off of the list that has not played in the last couple of years and is now back. So I made a late change and removed the Deshaun Watson off of my list. Okay. Okay. So who do we have at number eight or well, nine? I, we're at nine. I, yeah. We're at number nine. Okay. I have Lamar D Jackson jr. Is it, is it actually D yeah. Demetrius Jackson jr. Lamar D Jackson jr. Lamar was one of was the player who moved up to get into my top ten. He Lamar, is number ten. Lamar is my number ten as well. So that's eight names for us that we all share here. So Lamar, the challenge with Lamar is the lack of growth, right? Throwing the football, this, I should say. This is should the quintessential. But there's areas in which he's good throwing the football. It's just the mm-hmm. lack of growth in, and, and you really don't know on the outside whether that is because of Lamar, the system, or the personnel. And I think that's that's probably reflected in why he's so low on all of our lists in spite of being a former NFL MVP with an elite physical skill set. He's the most unique player on this list. I think he's the player that you ha- would have the most work cut out for to build a winning system around him. Would anybody disagree with that statement? Agreed, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's true. It's the reason why it was tough to move him any higher than where he currently is on the on my board. 
because he's special. Tenth. But there's limitations. Yes, 10. Okay. So that means, Kyle, you and I have to reveal our number nine. Joe has to reveal his number 10. Yes. Okay, my number 10 is Deshaun Watson. The, the ultimate oh, mystery Derek Watson, bag. excuse me. Right? Derek Watson. His first name's Derek? Yes. Derek Deshaun Watson. Yes, that's hmm. his name. Hmm. Um, the ultimate mystery bag. We have no clue what he is. Right. He's played two games since the end of the 2020 season. Right. But if I if I get the other Deshaun, he's special, right? So Yeah, there there's no question if if there wasn't egregious off the field conduct and he he didn't have the gap in play. Yeah. He'd probably be significantly higher on everybody's list, no? 100%. Yeah, no doubt. Five spots higher. Right, he would probably if we did this at the end of twenty. If we took twenty end of year twenty twenty to Sean, before the egregious off the field decision making started happening, and you remove the two year gap, he would be probably number four or five on my list, with the resume that he had at that point in time compared to all the resumes that everybody else has right now. I would probably have him above Herbert. But that's right. not the world we live in. Who are your actual number nines? I'm not going first. I put Kyler Murray number nine. Oh, <laughs> one in one on the short list for me. Now I'm not interested in. in yeah. I told you I didn't like my last. Leading my I told franchise. You, I told you I didn't like the last two on the list. I took the l- most high ceiling in-structure quarterback of the remaining talent available and put him at number nine. You took Jimmy Garoppolo and put him at number nine. Wow. Can't believe it. I (laughs) did not take Jimmy Garoppolo because there's a player. Okay. Who plays in a similar offense. Who has better physical skills. Better accuracy. He went homer. Better ball handling. Better intangibles. Doesn't date 40-year-old porn stars. Tua Tungavaloa. I knew it. The most skill-specific player on this list. I put him at number nine. He was originally my number 10. I put him at number nine with the late change. Um, You have seen the dividends the Dolphins have reaped. For the majority of the season, the last two weeks, notwithstanding, because they've been awful. But I still think this is a work in progress offense. This is not to be forgotten. This is the first year for Tua Tungvalu in this system. Uh, They still cannot run the ball with any level of consistency. And yet you have a player who is highly skilled in footwork, highly skilled in ball handling, highly skilled in RPOs, is highly accurate in the middle of the field has high levels of anticipation, but he has to do it inside of structure. Because if you get him outside of structure, it's going to be a losing battle. Chris, I agree with you. You get to this point in the list, and you're not head over heels for any of the options that you have. But I would rather have an in-structure player that it is on me as the personnel person to find the right coach and find the right talent around him as we have seen the Dolphins systemically chipping away at since investing into a tongue of a low, then bringing in a player like a Kyler Murray to try to run, run the air raid in the NFL is effectively what we're, what you, what you would be tasked with doing. So we had 14 different quarterbacks, seven or eight. We had eight universal players, correct? That's right. And then we had Derek Carr, Tua Tungvaloa, Kyler Deshaun Murray, Watson, Watson Deshaun Kyler Murray. Watson. That's twelve. Zach Prescott. No, he, he, because he was on your guys' list, but he wasn't on mine. So yeah. he's oh yeah. So we had thirteen. So that's five. 13. So thirteen. There you go. Any parting thoughts on this exercise? Happy that we had some some common ground. I thought it might have gotten a little weird on the back half of the list. 
I, I think the big takeaway for me is that there's just not as many teams out there that have their absolute guy, right? Their absolute, like, well, may, you have some maybes, but. That's always been the case, though, right? Every, everybody romanticizes and looks at, like, the three situations across the league of Peyton Manning with the Colts or Tom Brady with the Patriots. And in reality, like, it's not really the case. Right. Was that Rivers, Roethlisberger, Rogers, Cam, like during that whole thing, like you had unquestioned, like these are, this is the, the guys that you would, everyone wishes they had. Well, I think this is a testament to the Renaissance. This is the testament to the quarterback Renaissance that we're seeing across the NFL. We've talked about the changing of the guard. You got Rogers and, and Brady on their last legs. I mean, Mahomes and Allen were drafted in 17 and 18. 17 and 18. No. Allen's 18, but Mahomes is 17. Okay. Yeah. And then you had Watson who was drafted in 17. Burrow was 2020. Herbert was 2020. Hertz was 2020. Tonga was 2020. Fields and Lawrence were 2021. You just, you just got a lot of young. And obviously the, the, the thought is you're starting a franchise, which longevity means something. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's a great testament to a lot of talented young quarterbacks across the league that are currently in the rate of finding their footing. And I think that big picture scale and perspective is important perspective for us to keep with these guys. Carr was 2014 and, and Lamar was 2018. I don't think I forgot anybody. Kyler was 2019. So... Really interesting stuff. I'm glad this conversation felt like it delivered, or at least it did for me. It was really interesting to get inside you guys' head on that. So, you know, Chris is going to have Derek Carr in there, right? So. Future Jets, great. I Future mean, everything Jets you said about legend. everything you said about Dak Prescott at the beginning applied to Derek Carr. So, I don't want to hear like Dak. He's legit mad. He's legit mad about it. There's the, Derek Carr is criminally underrated, and so I just will not stand for it. It's top 15 quarterback, man. Yeah, that's right. Top 15 quarterback. That's going to do it for us today on the show. Kyle Krabs, Joe Warner, and Chris Schubert. Appreciate you guys stopping in. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk with you all again tomorrow. And thanks for checking out Draft Dudes. Thanks to our friends over at Ben Line for their continued support of the show as well. Cheers. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.